Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Ozfiz Live from our Brangaroo Studios. You've tuned in to the call 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel on the 1st of December. Boy, oh boy, the Santa rally is up and going on the very first day. Ben Clark from TMS Capital is with us and David Lane from Odd Minute. Uh, welcome, fellas. David, Santa's come out with a vengeance. <laughs> certainly has, yeah. We've certainly seen a, a, a big rally in the, the market and positivity all around. Um, just a question of, of whether or not there's a little bit too much positivity in the Current environment. Oh, David, don't, don't get grumpy on us so early in the rally. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it can keep going through to Christmas? It's possible, but uh, actually quite concerned about the, the level of the US market and uh, the, the optimism that they have, which in many respects I think is, is misplaced at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I suppose cautious in the short term, um, but as you said, mm. yeah, momentum is is a, okay. a positive thing, and there is a lot of cash around. Yeah, Ben Clark from TMS Capital, are you jumping through hoops with this? Um, I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm, I I think to me, we probably there's growing evidence that inflation probably peaks in July or August, yep. um, and what we're seeing is the bond market is becoming more sanguine and it's actually trending lower. Bond yields are trending lower. And with that, we're seeing this risk on rally. Yeah, but massively, the bond yields, isn't it? For for a sleepy old segment of the financial market, it is all over the place. All over the place. And that the first half of this year was just, they just ripped higher, you know, and the second half, it's range trading in a wide range, but it's, it's at the lower end of that range. So I actually think you're not going to see a rate rise next year in Australia, and and you might only oh, see. Oh, you're one. in the you're yeah. in the Commonwealth Bank camp, I, I, who, who I are think, an outlier for weeks and we, uh, months, basically saying yeah. next one three point one the top. Yep. Every other bank is going no no three coming eight, next year three point seven seven yeah. four I think ANZ was at one stage. Yeah. yeah. So no, look, I I think there's reasons that the uh, the central banks not just here. I think the Fed as well can step oh. back a bit. You know, we know they don't meet in January, so um, you know the RBA will lift in December. But step back, and if you continue to see, there's a lot of indicators that inflation is calming. I, yeah. I don't think it's going to go back to three in a hurry. Like I think yeah. it's going to be a bit more stubborn than that. But I think the central banks will accept that. They might not mm. say they're going to. Um, and you know, I, like I'm, I'm pretty bullish at the moment. I, I, oh. I think the what's been the anchor around the market's neck all year. There's clear signs that. The risks are starting to, you know, to, right. to calm down, and okay. um, you know maybe the earnings are holding up really well. So you know valuations still look pretty appealing, right. and um, you know that sets us up pretty potentially pretty well for twenty twenty three. David, a uh, colleague of ours here on uh, on the call, Kyle Capalinga from Think Markets, the uh, the king of the charts. Uh, he made the bold prediction about 10 days, two weeks ago, that if the ASX 200 got to 7,600 before the end of the year, he would sell every stock. Uh, because he said on the charts that will show we're having a crunch next year. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Well, to be honest, in our morning meeting this morning, we were actually questioning whether or not uh, it is a little the time to take a, a few profits off the table mm. and, and to hold a little bit more cash because um, we are seeing a, you know, a, a fairly yeah. strong rally. Uh, yeah. Similar to, to what Ben was saying, though, in terms of interest rates, our view is that we will see another rate rise on uh, the, the meeting in December yeah. uh, on Tuesday, but uh, possibly that might be the last. And mm. Depending upon what inflation does, there is even a chance that we'd start to see rates coming down towards the end of uh, 
2023 into 2024. Mm, okay. Uh, are you taking money off the top at the moment or are you um, getting in? I think selectively it is not a bad idea to, to trim a bit of money out of right. some things. So like, you know, mineral resources is an example. You know, it's <gasps> had a great run. I think, you know, that looks like one. Um, mineral resources? There's definitely been some stocks which have performed really well despite the backdrop this year. Yep. Um, so, you know, like ProMedicus is another one that I would look at, um, WiseTech. Um, you know, I think selectively, you know, oh, I'm not saying, okay. you know, trading around a core holding of those positions, you know, can make sense because, right. you know, I'm, I'm getting more optimistic on next year, but there's still going to be plenty of bumps and we're only one bad monthly inflation print from another freak out from the market. Oh, you yes. know? So yeah, exactly you want right. to make sure you've got the cash to be able to put into that. <laughs> That's a, yeah. Yes, that is yeah. a very wise uh, move, that one. All right, let's look at the first five stocks. We're going to take a look at in the first half of the program, Aussie Broadband, Cleanaway, Appen, Woolies and Harvey Norman. Uh, stock of the day, I picked Domino's. Domino's has completed the acquisitions of Domino's Malaysia, Domino's Singapore. It's uh, on a trading hold at the moment, preparing to raise $165 million to seize control of Domino's Germany. Um, now, um, shares are, are down considerably since uh, the start of the year, basically halved in price, reached an all-time uh, high in September 2021 uh, of $159. Uh, today, the stock is on a trading halt, as I said. Um, David, what do you think of Domino's? Okay, it did a did an update that was uh, smashed the share price only a couple of weeks ago, but now yep. it's on the acquisition trail, mopping up all of... Um, interest elsewhere that it's got? Yeah, so they've had a, a joint venture in Germany uh, for a while and uh, they were exercised on that uh, that put option. So their joint venture partner, Domino's in the UK, is is selling that back to, uh, to Domino's. Uh, and they're raising money to do that. So they're doing an institutional capital raising of 150 million today and then a share purchase plan of $15 million for existing retail holders um, that'll be at 6505 uh, or thereabouts uh, that's the underwritten price for the yep. institutional placement so a little bit of a discount to the current market price um, but a significant discount as you said to where they've been over the, the last 12 months or so so the, the share price has come down fairly significantly uh, it is a business that does have a global reach they do have a, a recognizable brand and in some respects it's a little bit recession proof in that uh, as the, the cost of living rises, um, people often go down the, the food chain, if you like, and, and pizza is still a, a relatively cheap uh, takeaway food. And uh, often you know, people will, will uh, you know, move down from, from restaurant meals to buying uh, takeaway pizzas. So in some respects, it's got a bit of recession proof. Um, still not cheap. Still trading on a on a very high PE ratio. It's always been a growth stock, um, but as you said, when it's exposed to the likes of Germany, Japan, uh, now Singapore, Malaysia, Cambodia, uh, it is a business that that does continue to grow. And uh, for those that that uh, you know want a growth stock, uh, we think it's at reasonable prices. So we've got a buy recommendation on okay. it at the moment. Uh, ben, what do you think of Domino's? And would you, uh, if you're an existing shareholder, the retail? Um, sort of issue at 65 bucks, would you take it up? Uh, well, I guess firstly on that one, you've got to, you'll have a bit of time to, you need to send the check in. Yeah. Um, so you'll probably keep looking at where the share price is trading versus where you can buy in it. Yeah. Um, it's a very slim discount. That's normally actually yeah. quite a good sign. You know, it means the broker that's underwritten this deal has gone to shareholders and they've been happy to stump up pretty mm. close to the share price. So they I think clearly is supportive of this deal, um, and it might bode well for how this trades when it comes out of the out of the trading hold. I mean, look, I think everyone, yeah, I get the cost of living kind of argument, but I think there is challenges as well, which is the um, yep. the, the cost of the inputs of, of yeah. these pizzas, and um, you know we're seeing you know we saw Collins Food have a pretty hefty downgrade. Yep, you know to, just because. They can't keep up with the margin pressure that they're that they're experiencing. So, um, but the last time it, uh, Domino's was on that real tear and as a real became a real glamour growth stock, it was when it was rolling into new countries, rolling out a really good formula. 
And, you know, joint ventures, they rarely work well because, you know, there's one partner's a bit more reluctant, doesn't want to yep. invest, want, eyeing the exit, they're not. Um, this potentially is good for them. And this, mm. could, this could open up another one of those sweet spots where, you know, in Europe in particular, they've done really well. So, right. um, um, you know, I'll probably go a hold now, whereas I probably would have been at a sell before this deal was announced. Ah. And, okay. Um, yeah, that's so we'll hold, see how, see how it goes. All right. Let's get stuck into uh, the stocks you want us to have a look at. Scott, what have you been on Aussie Broadband, the, uh, the telco? That's, yeah. Uh, only listed the last two years, is that three years or so? And it was another sort of glamour yes. small cap when it came on, and then the wheels have fallen off somewhat in, uh, in the last yeah. 12 months. It's trading on about 20 times forward earnings. Um, it's just done this big acquisition of over the wire, and so it's talking about Aussie 2.0. I'm going to say hold because I think you kind of want to see how that plays out, and right. you know what the synergies actually achieved are, and what the growth looks like as a combined entity. Um, the other reason I'm not I'm I'm probably lukewarm is it, it's very hard reselling the MBN. You know, there's this mm. arm wrestle that's going on between the wholesaler which I think is trying to become profitable and the, the retailer and the retailer in Aussie broadband, you know, their point of difference is really good levels of service. So, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they've grown yeah. aggressively, but they've had to spend money to do that. Um, yeah. And, you know, on 20 times, you know, with this acquisition only just sort of done and a bit of concern around, you know, I think there's been some management sell downs, et cetera, I probably just sit on the sidelines and see how okay. this plays out. So in those telcos, do you have a, are you sort Not of really. avoiding the sector? Yeah. Sort of a, a, a um, Telstra or a TPG or? Unity Wireless, I would have said, was a oh, real okay. standout for oh, me. Right. And But that's that's been taken, been taken out. over. Yeah. Um, you know, it was an area that was, did so well. I, and, you know, Aussie Broadband is trying to roll out its own fibre network. But I think this, it's become difficult because I think um, the MBN is wanting to increase its margins. Yeah. The retailers want to increase their margins, but it's passing that cost on to the customer. And we've just had this like weird little period where everyone upgraded their plans because they were stuck at home and yep. they needed more bandwidth and more yep. speed. That's, they're probably going to start cycling against that now. So I, I don't okay. know. It's probably not the sector yeah. for me. Uh, David, what do you think of Aussie Broadband? Yeah, we like it, and uh, I have to admit that I've I've actually become a, a customer of them over in the, the last couple of weeks, and can attest mm -hmm. to the fact that their customer service was exceptional. Um, but that aside, in in terms of being an investment, uh, we've got a buy recommendation on it. Unfortunately, we have had a buy on it for a while, and have watched the share price come down. Uh, but we think that the the acquisition of Over the Wire uh, has been a good one, and and they've integrated that quite well. They're adding about 25,000 new subscribers uh, each quarter. Uh, so they're on track to, to add nearly 100,000 subscribers this year. And they've also signed a number of fairly large enterprise agreements as well. So that's the, the piece that the Over the Wire provides them is that uh, exposure to the business market. And we think that that is good for it as well. Uh, so yeah, we like it. We think it's a, it's a good business. Um, very well positioned. They're continuing to increase their market share of that broadband uh, market. But as Ben rightly says, it's a fairly competitive market, but uh, they've got about 6.75% of the market in residential and growing in that business sector. So yeah, it's a stock we like uh, with the buy recommendation on it. Yeah, and it's high-end residential tourism. They, they were targeting the big users of- uh, That's right, yeah, exactly. And, and that uh, fibre into the into the home is yeah. uh, you know, part of their, their way of, of doing that as well. Okay. Um, David Isaac wants a view on CleanAway, the, uh, the biggest of the waste management businesses uh, in Australia sort of right the way through from uh, from specialty waste management to picking up your bins? Yep. Yeah, CleanAway have had a, uh, an update to their uh, strategy. Uh, they had a, a strategy day in, in June and just had another update towards that. Uh, they're talking about a lot of internal um, cost reduction and in, internal um, improvements adding about $30 billion to EBITDA by 25, 26. So we think that's a positive, but having said that, 
it's not the sort of announcement that the market's going to get too excited about. It's a long-term plan. It makes sense strategically, but we can't really see that the, the market's going to get too excited in the, in the short term over those uh, strategic issues. We do like the business long-term. We've got a target price of 310 on it. Uh, with a buy recommendation and um, we, longer term, we will continue to see rising prices as far as the, the landfill sites uh, and also a move towards much more um, recycling and clean away is at the forefront of that as well. So they're, they're investing a, a lot of money into uh, recycling and uh, the way that we actually manage our waste. So it, it's a, a reasonable business, not overly cheap, but you know, we, we think at current prices, it's, it's reasonable value. Okay, so you've got to buy on CleanAway. Um, ben, what do you think of CleanAway? Is this, would this be recession proof, downturn proof? Councils have still got to pick up your bins and do all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I they? think like a lot of businesses, recession proof, but it wasn't COVID proof. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And you know, yeah. they had some, but we've seen so many weird knock-on effects of COVID. And for CleanAway, it was because um, everyone was stuck at home. Yeah. The volume of garbage that we were all putting out went up. Right. And they're on like fixed price contracts with councils. So oh. they're having to process more. Right. And then the guys who were going around on the garbage trucks were all getting COVID and calling right. in sick. And so they're having to pay them more. And, you know, there's a, a, a string of issues which meant that last year their, their earnings actually fell, um, right. which is kind of surprising, but that, that were the reasons. Um, I'm going to go hold, um, mainly on valuation. Like it's trading on 36 times forward earnings, which is pretty expensive yeah. for a business that earnings went backwards last year. But the assets it got, it's got are really strategic and really valuable. You know, and we saw, a, we've seen a takeover bid for Bingo last year. It's because, you know, how many more landfill sites are going to be opened up close to the centre of Sydney? Right. No one's going to want one in their backyard. It, yeah. It's very hard. So the, the things that are there are worth a lot of money. And right. probably um, it's also like the, the recycling, like David said, is going to become a much more valuable asset because you're going to want to put less in landfill and hopefully save stuff and actually turn it into some money after picking it up. Yep. Um, there has been some management turnover. You know, there was... The last yes. guy was really well regarded, but it, you know there were some issues in the in the business with him. Um, but he's, he's ended up at Boral. Yeah, Vic has. I'm yeah, saying. he has. Went so, to GFG and then on the Boral. Yeah, mm. got a track record of like shaking things up a bit and mm -hmm. can rub people the wrong way. I think, but yep. shareholders really respected. I think yep. he did a good turnaround with CleanAway. Um, so I think coming out of COVID, like you're actually going to see earnings normalise, right. and that should be good going forward. Okay. I think the assets are worth something. It wouldn't surprise me if CleanAway got taken out at some stage. Okay. Macquarie's been doing a lot of stuff around these businesses, um, but it's expensive. Right. You know, so hold. Okay. Hold on, CleanAway. All right. Uh, our next stop, we're talking about um, uh, market darlings during COVID and the uh, tech boom. Uh, ben, Brad wants a view on Appen, the, uh, the AI provision of data solutions and services for machine learning. Uh, mm. which everyone thinks, so we all thought it was a really high-tech thing, but they hire yeah. lots of people, yeah. don't they? Yeah, it's been the Achilles. There's been a, so I, we used to own this business and it yeah. was probably one of the real shockers that um, we yeah. had um, in the last couple of years. Yeah, me too. Okay. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> my little better. super fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that in, in hindsight, the, the issue for this business was customer concentration. So Facebook, Google, and three other customers make up 90% of their revenue. Right. And for the last decade, you know, Facebook would come to Lionbridge and Appen and say, you know, we need to do this piece of work. We need this data from you, tender on it. Okay, Appen, you've won the contract, $100 million contract. We're going to start this next March. We're going to put together a team of engineers. Yep. And those contracts just kept dropping beautifully for Appen. Mm. And, and what's happened in the last 18 months or two years has been Facebook did that contract and then when it's got to March, they've gone back to Appen and said, we're delaying that. We, we're gonna right. put, put that on hold. Appen built those contracts into their earnings forecasts and that's seen this string of downgrades as the customers have basically sat on their wallets and said, we don't right. want to spend at the moment. We're Gee, also- 40 bucks to three though. Yeah, but $40 was probably, you know, like a, 
it was a massive overshoot, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. in hindsight. Yeah. Um, the other issue for this company is, as you said, like they've had to, if Facebook comes in March and says we are going to do that contract, they've got to make sure they've got the resources to actually deliver. Mm. So they've had to keep their cost base high whilst the revenue's gone off a cliff and it's crunched their earnings. Yeah. I'm going to say a hold just because I think it looks seriously cheap. And if we do see any signs of a recovery in big tech, those dollars will start flowing again and there should be some catch up. Okay. Um, but and, and if you've held it all the way down, it's hard to. Yeah. You've, you've married it right from the start, haven't yeah. you? So I, might as well I keep don't think there's going to be any good news in the short term. Right. Um, but you know, if you're taking a longer term view, it could do okay from this okay. point. Uh, David, what do you think of Apple? Yeah, for, for all of the reasons that, that Ben has said, it's not, not a stock that we're a fan of. We've actually got a sell recommendation on it. Um, our target price is $2.60. Uh, it's you know, certainly a bit of pill, obviously, if, if you've held it for a long time uh, and seen the share price fall. But the, the last announcement was a 72% downgrade. Uh, and I, the problem is that management over the last two years have had a series of downgrades. So there's a, a lack of confidence and a lack of um, visibility in terms of their earnings. One of the other concerns is that currently they've got about $38 million of cash. Um, their cash burn at the, the minute is about $7 million um, a, a half. So if that continues, the balance sheet could get under pressure. Um, as Ben said, if they get some of those contracts back online, um, you know, that can reverse relatively quickly. But at the moment, there's a lack of confidence in uh, in management and in the forecast. So it's certainly not a stock that I'd be buying at the moment. Um, if you've been a long-term holder of it, uh, you, know, you, you question whether or not you, you should re remain in the stock. Okay. All right, something a little more predictable uh, for our next stock which Taylor wants a view, David, on Woolworths, the big supermarket chain? Yeah, we've actually got a lightened recommendation on, on Woolworths, okay. um, target price of, of $30 on them. Uh, we've seen, again, similar to what Ben was saying uh, previously about CleanAway coming out of COVID in that Woolworths had the benefit of, of COVID when we were uh, locked in our houses, buying a lot of groceries. The, the turnaround has been uh, you know, relatively negative for Woolworths and we're seeing that the cost of living uh, having an impact on consumer sales and they're actually losing market share. So uh, both Aldi and Coles have been picking up market share as well as uh, Metcash through their, their IGA and, and Drake's businesses. So we've got a lighten on Woolworths and think that there's there's better value elsewhere. Uh, our preference in, in that sector is Metcash at the moment, which provides exposure to the groceries, but then also to to hardware and, and some, un, uh, some other uh, in okay. parts of the business as well. What's your, what's your definition of lighter? Uh, sell? Well, yeah, selling some. So Woolworths is one of those core stocks that most people will have in their portfolio. Uh, a lighten recommendation is that if you've got a reasonable number that you might sell a quarter to a half of the, the holding. Oh, it's right. not the sort of stock that we think you should be totally out of, um, but just think right. that they could come under a bit of pressure in the, in the okay. short term. Uh, ben, what do you think of all this? I'd be a little bit more optimistic, but you know, share some of those concerns. So you know, just because valuation, like 25 times, it's a very high quality, um, predictable business, as you said, and 3% um, fully frank yields, pretty attractive. Yeah. Uh, so I reckon the valuation looks okay. I don't know, like, you know, with all this cost of living sort of stuff, you could kind of argue it's good for them, it's not good for, like, I, they actually seem to be struggling a bit to pass on, again, you know, the rising food prices and mm. all that thing, you know, because I think everyone is tightening their belt a bit now. Um, having said that, you'd think, going forward that maybe trips to cafes and restaurants starts to slow down and people start eating at home a bit more mm. and that might be good for them. So, you know, I think you could make a bit of an argument both ways. I think it's really well run. Um, you know, I think it's a good business. So, you know, you're not, I don't, you're okay. not going to do great on it, but I, I think it has come off as well. Like it was 40 bucks quite regularly during the year. Yeah. Um, so at these levels, I, I think it's a hold. A hold. Uh, do you prefer Coles or Metcash over it? Uh, I, I prefer Woolies. I, I, I reckon. Oh, okay. I reckon it's three. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. Um, you know, I, I think Coles has gone through, 
you know, it went through a bit of a period of underinvestment at the tail end of Wes Farmer's ownership because yeah. uh, they knew that it was probably going to disappear. Yep. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, they've probably got it. I mean, just anecdotally, like the coals I go into around Sydney, you do notice they feel a bit behind Woolworths. It right. feels a bit more run down. Right. Um, so there might be some CapEx requirements okay. coming through. All right. Let's stick to the retailers, though. But uh, this is Electrics and Homeware. Matt wants a view, Ben. On, uh, on Harvey Norman, the, uh, the big retail chain? Yep. I'm going to go buy. I, I, I think, you know, Jerry Harvey was sort of beating his chest a bit at the AGM, as he tends to do. I mean, he, <laughs> I think you always get an honest answer from Jerry. If, if, if things aren't going well, he'll, he'll say it. And yep. if they, they are, you know, and his, his view was we're nowhere near a recession, were his words. Um, you know, pretty strong sales numbers. The thing with Harvey mm. Norman is the property. I think a lot of people underappreciate. They've got... $3.7 billion in property. They own a lot of their, wow. their own property. So um, it's nearly $3 a share is just the property holdings. Um, is that right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, th- you know, I bet also they're pretty conservatively valued. It's like yeah. Solpats, Brickworks, these um, uh, Boral, you know, older school businesses which use a more conservative, uh, you know, accounting techniques to, yeah. to value the, the properties. It's on a 7% fully frank yield. It looks cheap on numbers and, um, you know, I get, you know, housing market slowing down. People probably aren't going to be spending as much money on new couches and white goods as they were a year ago. But the, the pullback in the share price probably, you know, mm. has probably predicted that anyway. So yep. good operators, you know, think long term. Yeah. You know, some people got a bit of an issue around management, but I, I think, you know, largely acting in shareholders interest. So I'll go buy. Okay. Um, and David, of course, uh, Jerry is the one that talks and, and up, but the brains behind the thing is Katie Page, isn't, yeah. it? <laughs> isn't she? Absolutely. <laughs> Jerry's yeah. partner who actually runs the business. No disrespect That's to right. Jerry, of course, would never want to uh, disrespect him, but uh, uh, Katie gets it done. Correct, exactly. Yeah, they're a good management team and they've, yeah. they've proven over the years that they've done very well. Um, again, like Ben, we, we like the business. We've got a, a buy recommendation on it. Uh, as Ben said, the, the property is a, an interesting component of it. The other interesting component is the fact that most of the stores are, are franchised. So you actually mm. have uh, owners that are working in the business. So they've got a vested interest to ensure that, uh, that you've, you know, they, they sell their product uh, to you. Their sales have been quite reasonable, uh, probably not as strong as JB Hi-Fi and, and good guys recently, but still growing at about 8% a year. Uh, as Ben said, the, the dividend yield is, is very strong and, and we think that uh, you know, Harvey Norman's in a, in a good place. So yeah, we've got a buy recommendation yeah. on it as well. I've, I've talked to him for decades uh, and Jerry Harvey's <laughs> always been very kind, always taken an interest in my family business and um, uh, yep. The tips you get from him along the way are really? just fantastic. He, yeah. he once said to me, gosh, you have never been in business until you've been to the brink, looked over the edge and come back. And I thought, <laughs> what a grumpy old buggy you are until it happened to be the first time. And a, a, a yeah. wiser word has not been said. And the other thing is, his franchisees, David, that you talk about, some mm. of them make multi-million dollars a year and he says, yep. and I'm happy to pay them because unlike That's a lot right. of businesses, when they see franchisees make a lot of money, they redo the deal. Mm. I'm happy. The more they make, the more I make. And I don't care yep. if they're the highest paid franchisees in the country. That's the secret to the business. Yeah, correct. Yeah, no, and it's been a, a very solid um, you know, business because oh. you, you do get that vested interest in it. Yep. Uh, and they are growing globally as well. They're uh, in Singapore and Malaysia and various places. Yeah. Uh, in their last update, they were talking about uh, they've currently got 28 stores in Malaysia and looking at growing that to about 80. So they're, they're yeah. seeing growth in, in Asia as well. So yeah, as you said, Jerry's been involved in the business for a long time. Uh, he is a visionary and he is passionate about the business. And that's really oh, what yeah. you want from a, uh, an owner. Yep, and he's a bit of a skin flint too. Um, <laughs> let's uh, recap the first five, five stocks in the half. Uh, he always wears the older shoes. Right. Uh, and he's sort of got that Walmart sort of old school retailer about him. Watch every dollar. Uh, Domino's was our stock of the day. Uh, hold from Ben, a buy from David. 
same uh, deal with Aussie Broadband, uh, a buy and a hold, same with CleanAway, a buy and a hold. Appen a sell from uh, David at, uh, at Ords, a hold from Ben. Uh, Woolworths, a lighten from Ords, they prefer Metcash in the space. Uh, ben has a hold on Woolies and Woolies is his preferred retailer in that, that supermarket space and both have a buy on Harvey Norman. Here at the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction uh, growth fantasy fund as picked by our investment committee, which includes Ben. Um, the November issue is on the platform at the moment, the uh, November committee meeting. The December one will be up on Tuesday. Uh, in November, the committee decided to remove Incitec Pivot and replace it with Seven Group. Uh, they trimmed mineral resources, uh, the weighting in it, and added to the weightings of JB Hi-Fi and Wes Farmers. Uh, since the 1st of March, the portfolio is up 9.5%. Um, keep sending your, um, your requests into the call because that's the first filter to get up to the committee to consider. Carl Kapalinga is king of the charts and has made a bold call. If this thing hits 7,600 again, I'm going to go fully to cash. His finger is at the ready. I've got my finger on the button. Will he or won't he sell it all? At 7,600, I'm going to cash. That I've decided. Keep watching the call as we track the index and Carl's big call. All right, now it's the ASX 200. I'm just checking it now. It's up 62 points at the moment to 73.46. The All Lords is at 75.45. So it's the ASX 200 if it gets to 7,600. Uh, so it's about 250 off, which, um, geez, if Jerome Powell comes out with a few more comments like last night or he does scale back the rate increase, you know, we'll be watching Carl to see if he actually goes through with it, sticks his finger on the button. You would never do it, Ben. Well, I, you know, I think you've got to look at what's going on when you get to seventy six hundred, and then think, right. you know. But I would never go all in or all out on the market. Right. You know, okay. maybe taking some money and building up some cash during a period. Right. No. No. What's the highest that. amount of cash you've ever had? Um, probably like, well, it depends on individual clients, but probably like fifteen percent, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you usually well long term. I think you're betting against like, it's like going into a casino. Inevitably, at some stage, you'll end up doing your dough the longer you sit at the table. Right. The share market's kind of the opposite to me. You right. know, you've got to be lucky for it to work in your favour. Okay. All right. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools. Plus, our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro at our website. Let's get back in uh, to the stocks this half hour. Uh, McPherson's, Baby Bunting, InvoCare, Sonic Health and Hello World are up for analysis. Uh, David Lib wants a view on McPherson's, the supplier of health, wellness and beauty products. I always say this is the company that puts all the things in that third drawer of your, <laughs> um, of your bathroom cabinet. <laughs> You know, it yes. is all of that sort of stuff. It is a cotton wool buds. And, and li likewise, I think, in the kitchen as well, mm. is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they've got a, a lot of uh, brands that, that possibly you and I don't use, but uh, a, a lot of people do. The Dr. Lewins and Swispers and uh, Multics. Um, so they, they've actually surprised on the upside in terms of their, their recent sales. They've been doing quite well. Uh, they've got a, a reasonable uh, agreement in place with Chemist Warehouse, which underpins the, the business for the you know, for the years ahead, which is a, a positive to it. Um, their outlook statement had cautious optimism, I suppose, in, in terms of their looking forward. Uh, and it is a business that is on the discretionary side. Um, you know, when 
households look at their budgets, they're the sorts of products that uh, you know, they, they can um, decide not to, not to purchase. Um, it's yielding quite well. It's yielding 7% fully frank, so it's a, it's a good income. Uh, we've got a hold recommendation on it, uh, it probably you know, mainly due to that cautious optimism that the, that the uh, company has. Uh, it's a reasonable business, but not, uh, not outstanding mm. in our view at the moment. Yeah. What do you think, Ben? Uh, sell. You know, I, I, I just think retailer is such a, retailing is such a specialist area. And I think <coughs> to, to be a good retailer, you have to find a certain niche in the market to know that market absolutely backwards and um, to operate really well. And we've actually, there's a lot of good retailing stocks to pick from on the ASX, you know, whether it's yeah. AP Eagers in cars or Premier Investments with Solly Lou or Harvey Norman. JB Hi-Fi um, and, and there's others. And, um, but, you know, they're very focused on one individual small part of the market. Whereas I look at McPherson's and like you said, it's just this, you know, massive range of brands in um, vitamins, garbage and freezer bags, hair care, um, skin care, et cetera, et cetera. And I just find it hard to think that you can be the best retailer in all those different and, areas. And, uh, tend to look at them, their products, their commodity products, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, sort yeah. of, if you can get a, a cheap cling, cling wrap, you really don't care about the brand or 100%. a cotton wool bud, who cares? Yeah, you know, exactly. That sort of thing. Yeah, no, you, it's not an actual brand that you're building. It's more like a need that you're filling and you're probably yeah. competing more on price than on, um, you know, with that chemist warehouse agreement, I, I guarantee you, Chemist Warehouse has probably come out of that a lot better than McPherson's yeah, has. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're the, the behemoth okay. in that area. All right. Well, you're talking about building a brand in retail. Anna wants a view, Ben, on baby bunting, the uh, uh, the massive baby supplier of everything, stores yeah. right around the country. Yeah. I, there's a niche. There's a niche. I reckon this is a buy. I haven't looked at this All one right. for ages. It's come right off, um, yeah. you know, because they did have some margin issues in the first quarter that they, they t disclosed to the market. But it's trading on 12 times forward earnings. It's on a 6% mm. fully frank dividend yield. 6%? 6%, 5 5.8. Um, wow. These guys are really good operators. They, they yeah. brought this um, company through, like TDM, I think. I don't know if they're still there, but they brought them through to, to public. Um, they're by far the number one player. You know, I remember having kids, you know, to me, this is almost like a non-discretionary retail area because you just don't have all the stuff mm. if you do have a kid that you suddenly yep. need and you want to go and touch it and feel it and the grandparents want to come with you. And, oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's become like the, be right. the Bunnings or the Dan Murphy's, like the category killer sort of area. Yeah. Um, I think the margin issues that they've had, they'll get on top of because they are good operators. Yep. Balance sheet's in good shape. Um, you know, I'm going to go buy. Okay. And David, I reckon their staff are so well trained. They can see a grandparent from 100 <laughs> metres off. When you walk in, it's like a, you've got a red light on your head. Uh, we, we have a, um, um, a tradition in our house where we buy the first pram uh, for right. all our kids when they have the first baby. So I've been into Baby Bundy. And you see them all lined <laughs> up there like a car yard. And you go, oh, you know, what's a good one? They take five grand for a pram, and five you go, grand. give me a break, because they take you to the McLaren F1 version, because yeah. you're a grandparent. Yeah. And I go, no, no, I want something a bit more moderate. And one of them, I kid you not, said, okay, well, if you want to uh, trade off dollars for safety, we can go. <laughs> I went, don't you give me that crap. You know, they play at the heartstrings of the grandparent, uh, but geez, they were a good operation. Yeah, very skilled salespeople. I, I have to admit, I haven't been uh, near a baby bunting store for 15 or 20 years. But uh, um, yeah, they, they've done a very good job and they've created that niche that, uh, you know, the, the, I suppose they're the name that everybody knows in terms of, uh, you know, baby care. They've done a very, very good job in that space. Uh, as Ben said, the share price has come off very significantly. Uh, their latest update disappointed the market, um, but their sales are still growing uh, and still growing above trend in, in terms of overall uh, consumer discretionary. So, uh, or as <laughs> as Ben said, it's not really discretionary when you're when you're having children. So, uh, yeah, we have a buy recommendation on it as well. We uh, we've got a target price of four seventy five. 
We did actually reduce that down from $6 um, based on the last update. Oh, okay. uh, so we have downgraded our numbers, but still with the current share price of around 240, uh, $262, uh, we think that they're, they're very good value okay. at current levels. Okay, so would this be in your top two or three retailers? Uh, well, it is a, a niche retailer, and yeah, it, it would be. Uh, okay. We probably, for most portfolios, tend to prefer the the bigger names, the, the Harvey Normans, the JB Hi-Fi's. Right. Um, but you know, if if people are looking for that uh, that more specialist uh, hmm. exposure, Baby Bunting certainly one that we we would be putting in there at current levels. Ben, would it be in your top? Probably not. Top I, I, just because I think there's some, there are some, this is a really good area to pick from. Yeah. I, I, Premier Investments, I think, is the standout. Because right. I think Solly Lou and you know the team that he's built, just they know that, that yeah. they're just such good operators. Nick Scarley, I reckon, is the other one. Right. Um, Anthony Scarley, I think, has just done an incredible job. And you know, you, when you go in and you meet him, it's like he can tell you everything about every couch, you yeah. know, it, where it came from, so what it cost. So they'd be your top two. They'd probably they? be the right. top two, yeah, and um, JB would be there as well. well. We, we are spoilt for great retailers. Yeah, absolutely. Country. And, and, you know, I think we were lucky in Australia where Amazon, the retailers saw what Amazon did yeah. to retail overseas, and they had a bit more time here to prepare themselves for it and improve their businesses. Right. You know, if you order anything offline online of JB Hi-Fi, it'll probably arrive on your desk faster than Amazon. So, you know, they've, they've, they've just had maybe that bit of insulation. Whereas next Gali, Christmas comes before you get yeah, your delivery because yeah. you pay and then they get it, get it made. It's a yeah. great business model. Yeah. All right, let's go from uh, from birth with baby bunting to uh, death with InvoCare. Greg wants a view. Uh, David on Invocare, the largest funeral cemetery and crematorium um, in Australia. Uh, what do you think of Invocare? It's it's certainly been a very very good business. It's uh, you know, done well. Uh, they're managed very strongly. Um, have a range of different brands, so you probably wouldn't necessarily know the the name Invocare, but you would know a number of their, their brands when, uh, unfortunately, yeah. it, it comes to the-, yeah. the White Lady, Simplicity. Services. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, they operate in, in many local areas under under those sorts of uh, brands. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it is obviously, unfortunately, one of those services that when you need it, you, you need it. Uh, so you're not gonna quibble on price. You're not gonna quibble on um, the service that you get. You, you want the- the best outcome. Um, so it is a good business. We've got a hold on it at the moment. Um, don't think it's extraordinary value at current levels. Our target price is, is $12. Um, they recently had a strategy update and a tour of, of some of their uh, their facilities. And um, I have to admit, it's not often when I'm looking at a company that I'm reminded of Ramones, but uh, they, um, they're now branching into pet cemeteries and they've got yes. pet cremations. Um, so, yeah, an interesting, interesting string to the bow, and uh, obviously those people who, who are into their pets, um, may well be looking for um, a, a proper burial uh, in the future. So it's a, it's a new part of their business that they're they're adding. Yeah, uh, and getting pretty big numbers, low yeah. margin and, yeah. and and cost. But the other thing is, they've converted a lot of their funeral homes to uh, function centres as yeah. well, haven't they? So they you have. can have the wake there with the liquor licence and yep. people aren't so sombre when someone goes anymore. They want a bit of a party to farewell them. Absolutely. This is a business we have owned, we have sort of kind of recently sold out of, um, right. mainly on valuation grounds. It's kind of like clean away. I mean, it sounds a bit crude, but you know, just the bizarre knock-on effects of COVID where yeah. you would have thought going into a global pandemic, this is quite a good business to own. But of course, you know, the death rate was the lowest on record mm. in 2021 in Australia. And then even for people who passed away, they weren't allowed to have functions because of, um, yep. you know, size limits and stuff. So it was a double whammy. But like CleanAway, Invercare owns some really strategic assets, which are the physical burial grounds. You know, these yep. huge blocks of land, which are close to Sydney. So, you know, North Ride in, in, in Sydney and um, out in Hurstville. And you're not going to be able to create any more of that. That, that. That's just it. You yeah. know, no one's going to um, repurpose land for that purpose.
but it's got a high fixed cost base because maintaining all of these facilities is expensive. And so it's a weird business in that you've seen it's been really volatile, the share price. Mm. And it's because fairly small changes in the death rate have quite big impacts on profit because the cost oh. base is so high. Right. So, uh, you know, and but oh, your fixed costs. Your fixed costs. That you can't yeah. change. That's yeah. right. Um, right. So maintaining the crematoriums, all of the funeral grounds, all of that right. sort of thing costs a lot of money and you can't stop. Um, but the demographic, uh, you know, unfortunately is going in their favour where, you know, yeah. the baby boomers are moving that direction. Yeah, um, and I think the they've been ben. smart That's doing right. the repurposing of the, uh, <laughs> got a long way to go, uh, repurposing of the facilities, I, I think it's a good move. Yeah, People yeah. don't want to have 150 people back at their home for a wake anymore. No. That's what no, used no. to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you move to here, walk 50 yeah. metres down the road, yeah. and you're having a champagne. So still no for you? It's a hold for me. A hold. I, I, I okay. think just probably other areas. You know, I just think also Clean Away and Invercare, everyone's sort of retreated to these areas because they're safe, predictable, mm. you know, but that's probably not where you want to be now. I think right. if the markets are turning, you know, that sort of stuff could come off a bit. That's a good point. All right, uh, our next stock um, in the medical health area. Scott, what's have you been on Sonic Healthcare? Uh, the global pathology provider um, operates in Australia, Germany, Switzerland, the UK. Just bought a diagnostic business as well, or what is it, Microbar Life Sciences? Yeah, Matt. In, uh, in yeah. the last couple of weeks. Yeah, look, I. I'm going to go a hold, but I think this is actually a long-term buy. I just think the next year looks really tricky for them. Right. It's another COVID thing. Um, you know, during COVID, um, the PCR testing obviously oh, yeah. just went through the roof, and they made a fortune out of that. They fleeced us. Of fleeced us. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I still remember the queues. You know, going into Bondi Beach. You know, waiting for an hour to get a test. But yep. then on the other side, the, the core business, the blood testing, and you know, all the screens that you would. That fell through the floor because no one could get procedures done, et cetera, et cetera. Couldn't go to see a doctor, hospital specialist. So I think the year going forward looks tricky because you're right. going to see PCR volumes are going to fall through the floor. We saw Helios had a downgrade you know, this week because of that. Um, whereas there'll be a massive backlog and catch up, you'd think, in the, 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 you know, all the other testing that they traditionally yeah. do. As people start to get out, get procedures done again. And how that plays out for earnings going, it's going to be messy, I mm. suspect. But, you know, like Germany and um, the US, the same size as Australia these days. It's truly a global business. It's really well run. Colin Goldsmith's been there for years. Yep. Great operators. So I think this is probably an opportunity, but there might be a bit more bad news before right. we clear, okay. clear it out. And particularly get through the comparisons with the boom Cycling through or, that yeah, last yeah. 12 months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, uh, David, ha haven't times changed now? Uh, most people are vaccinated. You get a cold, yeah. you think, oh, have I got the new round? No, it's not that bad. That's so right. if I don't test, I yep. don't have it. That's <laughs> what a lot of people are yeah. saying, is it? So the <laughs> test, test plunge and people like Sonic uh, don't get their data. Yeah, and, and what we've found in, in practice is that uh, people are, whether it's a cold or whether it's COVID or whether it's some other illness they're defaulting to staying at home yeah. um you know keeping that away from the office getting yeah. better and then coming back in uh and yeah the problem that that sonic and the other you know pathology businesses have had as well helios is in the same boat that their fixed costs are high they've still got to employ the staff they've they've kept their their cost base uh very high um but yeah the, the rest of the business hasn't really followed uh and what we've found, we've downgraded slightly our earnings forecast for Sonic. We've still got a whole recommendation on it. We've actually significantly downgraded our forecast for Helios um, because they're finding that the, the impact is that there aren't enough GPs around and they rely on GP referrals for a lot of their uh, pathology and radiology. So, mm. uh, yeah, as Ben said, you've got that, um, that double-edged sword of our busy doing the, the testing during COVID, uh, but their their normal business hasn't really recovered. So yeah, I agree. I think it's a it's a stock that um, if you've got it in your portfolio, you, you hold on to it, but I wouldn't be racing out and, and buying any at, at current levels. Okay. Uh, Lee wants a view, David, on Hello World, the, uh, the big travel conglomerate. Yeah, it's... Um, it, it's an okay business, but the problem with the uh, 
the travel retailers is that uh, there's been a, a significant decline in the, the margins that they actually get paid. Uh, so that was a, an unintended consequence of, of COVID, if you like, that uh, they, they came out of the, the, um, uh, the COVID lockdowns, not only having no business for two years, but then their margins that they get paid uh, have gone from 5% to around 1% or 2%. So the margins that the travel agents get are, are a lot lower. Um, and increasingly people are, are, are doing it online. So we tend to prefer Webjet. We've got a hold recommendation on Hello World. It's not a bad business, but think that there's there's probably better value elsewhere. Uh, as I say, Webjet, we, we like, we think that uh, they've got the the online uh, traffic right. Uh, and not only have they got that right in Australia, but they've got uh, mm. businesses around the world that they're, they're expanding into as well. So we tend to prefer Webjet in that sector. Okay. Uh, ben, what do you think of Hello World? Very similar. I, I go a hold as well. And for, you know, I think David's nailed it there. I, I, you know, the, I think the TTV or the total transactional value is really reverting very nicely for them, but it's on lower margin and that's yeah. a challenge. I would say I, I'd be a bit more optimistic on travel agents. I, I think that that might change somewhat because we've all had these horror stories of dealing direct with airlines and yep. accommodation providers. I, you know, I would use a travel agent now that I probably wouldn't of a year or two ago. And um, you know, I think people feel more comfortable with that. Um, look, it's it's on, it's on 200 times next year's earnings and 17 times 20 FY24. Wow. Yeah, so there's still 200 times. 200 times. So it's still got that cost base resetting versus yeah. what the revenue's doing and what the margins are doing and you know it's it's going to be a bumpy old ride I suspect right. for the next year. Looks okay, you know, if you're looking 2 years out, but you know, and I think there will be strong recovery, but probably look yeah. around for something else. And and even though commissions have been reduced. Mm. They're on a lot more expensive airfares now, aren't they? That's that true. Paid That's through true. Your nose on them. Yeah, the ticket value has gone up, yeah. um, and maybe that does normalise a bit. You know, the the power is with Qantas, I guess, at the moment, yes. but that might change somewhat as things continue to normalise. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's recap the uh, the final five stocks for the call today. Um, McPherson's a hold from uh, Ords and and David, a sell from Ben. Uh, Baby Bunting's a buy from both. Uh, Invocare a hold from both. Sonic a hold from both. And Hello World is a hold from both as well. David Lane from Ords. Good to see you, mate. Gee, survived that cold snap in uh, uh, in <laughs> Brisbane today. Maximum of 20. You guys, you know, be putting on your snow boots, wouldn't you? Exactly right, Brisbane. yes. And, and the, the big umbrellas, it's, uh, yeah, it's terrible weather up here, but hopefully, um, yeah, we'll get through it. Yeah, you're hard to please. Uh, ben Clark from TMS Capital. Good to see you, mate. Thanks, Koshi. All right. If you'd like us to uh, cover any stocks here for me to put them to our expert panel, put them in an email at the call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Check out all the stocks in the calls, fantasy portfolio at osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Um, the December um, committee meeting of the investment committee for the uh, portfolio um, will be up on the platform on Tuesday. Can't wait for that. Wicked Problems is next.